All right, welcome to the first episode of our podcast here. We're starting um, this podcast. I'm Jonathan Hudson, pastor, assistant pastor, youth pastor at Union Baptist Temple, Union, Missouri. And uh, joining me with, with me each, each time will be my dad, Pastor Phil Hudson, pastoring Union Baptist Temple. Dad? Well, I've been here for 30 plus years and loved it ever since. And uh, I was born and raised in New Jersey, went to college in the greater Chicagoland area. And uh, then was uh, uh, went to um, <clears throat> the Bible Baptist Church in St. Charles. I worked there as a youth director for a few years. And ever since 1992, I've been pastoring here in Union, Missouri. And uh, as I said, what a blessing it is. But we were talking about uh, the title of our uh, podcast, and it was, you actually came up with the canceled preacher. Well, why? Why would we say something like that? That basically tells us what our purpose is. We are living in a woke world. It's a sad thing that Christians asleep and the world is woke. We need to wake up. And, uh, but the devil is sowing tares amongst the wheat. And I'm seeing tares in churches today. They're everywhere and they're taking over. Why is that? Because we're not preaching the truth anymore. Every week we feel like we've got to preach the gospel again and again and again. Why preach the gospel to a bunch of people who are already saved? Now don't misunderstand me. I do believe that we need to continually hear that wonderful story of God's grace. But it's time to move on to perfection. It's time to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Well, I like what you say quite often. Pe- preachers will spend a uh, you know 20 hours a week preparing a sermon because they're trying to figure out a way to say the truth without offending people. And uh, that's basically the idea behind the canceled preacher because a preacher is just not going to you know uh, play that game he's just going to be a uh, just just preach the truth without apology uh well sadly in the world we have we live in today uh, he's going to be canceled uh people people don't want to hear it the world does not abide uh, the truth uh, and if ever there is a if ever there is a cancelable preacher, uh, I would say uh, you're the man. Just just this past Sunday, you were five minutes into your sermon, and you gave everybody. You said, "If you don't like that, just hold on. It's going to be a rough ride." Uh, and uh, you know what? But it's not because you're so uh, out of the box with your preaching, but the world has shifted greatly. Uh, I mean. I, you know, just just look around and see what kind of perversions going on, and uh, people you know, people come in and they get they get caught way off guard by someone who's just going to call sin sin and not going to not going to apologize for it and not going to try to keep everybody from getting their feelings hurt. Well, I believe one of the main reasons for that is because we don't have God called preachers anymore. What we've got, if we've got people who are in it for the money. And they don't want to offend anybody. Therefore, they got to keep the people content when people should be convicted. I mean, every week there ought to be something convicting in every sermon. There ought to be something comforting as well. But way too many preachers are, are just nothing more than teachers, just filling the head with knowledge but no heart change. One time a guy said to me one time, he says, well, you really stepped on my toes today. And I said, well... I apologize for that. I missed because I wasn't aiming at your toes. I was aiming at your heart. And um, that's the big difference between teaching and preaching. What has caused the world now to feel like um, 
why is it that disagreeing with somebody is now equal to hate? Uh, why is it that, you know, if for someone to come to a church and the preacher preaches something that they don't agree with, I mean, it's it's time to leave. I mean, you know, if I come to church and I don't get offended, I want my money back. You know, come, you know, let me have it. You know, don't you, you say this all the time. You go to a doctor to hear the, you know, hear them tell you the truth. The truth. You might not uh, like it, but that's what you need to hear. And I'm just joking about wanting my money back. But uh, you say that quite often. You say you double your tithe back. <laughs> but um, no, but you know, and honestly, me and as me and my wife Esmeralda, I've been married for nine years. We got married right before we came to work here. Um, sometimes we'll go home and. And she or I will bring up something you preached on, and uh, we're like, man, that, that, and we'll have a conversation about it, and we'll say, man, I don't, and that, that, that really didn't sit well with me. Uh, but what fairyland are we living in that we're going to come to church and hear someone just parrot our beliefs and just parrot what we think about the Bible? People do not need to go to church to be, be told what they want to hear. They need to come to church to hear a man tell them something that they won't tell themselves or their wife won't tell them. And uh, the perfect setting for that, I believe, is a church. Well, and, God, God's, and God said it's foolish. The world's going to call it foolish. You come to a building. You don't have a power PowerPoint. You don't have crowd interaction. You don't have any of that. You have a man preach. The world calls it foolish. But it is the power of God to save them that believe. The user-friendly church is destroying America. Because if we're going to see revival, and ever since COVID started, I've really been preaching a lot on revival. Because as far as I'm concerned, all the Christians that masked up, that just tells me, if you'll, if you'll wear a mask, you'll be the first one to take the mark because the government couldn't make up their mind what they believed, and they changed their mind all the time. First, don't buy masks. They don't work. Then Fauci came out and said, well, I only told you that because there wasn't enough masks to go around. He admitted he was lying. He admitted For it. convenience. For convenience but, sake. What, and we had Christians telling us that by not wearing a mask— we are not loving our neighbors. Yep, yep. And it's it, the whole thing is for control. I believe that it is a dry run. It's it's just a, a performance, a practice, a dress rehearsal for the Antichrist who's going to come. And I do believe he's going to use the World Health Organization, medical boards, the CDC, but not just that. But you could see how much power this, the CDC has they say you're going to die if you don't do this, that, and the other thing. And there's people still wearing masks. It's, it's unbelievable. Them silly things don't work. But we're going to do whatever the government tells us. That tells me that government is our is God. Is our God. Is and our God. churches will do the silly, ridiculous, you know, hand-washing stations and uh, uh, hand sanitizer, masks at the foyer. And we're doing all that because... The government recommends it. The government tells us to do it, uh, and it goes. It all goes against clear biblical principles, uh, uh, you know, masking up and things like that. And like you said, you know, it took two weeks for people who had their, you know, who, who you know had some common sense to see this whole thing is a big, big lie. Now that's something you say quite often that I'm sure would get you canceled <laughs> in, in a lot of different. But you say, COVID is all a big lie. It's all a big lie. Uh, it is. They were either lying. In, in March of 2000 or in June of 2000? Well, they're following... Or in August of 2000? They're following the science. 
And if that's the case, then science always changes. That's science falsely so-called. It's, it's what it is. The only thing you can count on with science is that it'll say something different than it said yesterday. Right. Um, but yeah, that's what they say. They're following the science. The science is changing. So, you know, what was true uh, two years ago uh, is, is not true today. Uh, and that's, that, well, that's the best that humans can do. Uh, uh, that's why you have to have a, the Word of God. God never changes. The Word of God is something we can anchor on and, and, uh, and just believe. Uh, we don't have to worry about what the CDC tells us to do. You know, Christians, and you say this all the time, Christians were risking martyrdom in the first century church, and now we won't risk a disease that has 99.9, what is it, 99.98% survival, survival rate. rate. And that's if you believe their numbers, which their numbers are, are ridiculous. And then they, they'll say you, you died of COVID when the fact is you died with COVID. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, th- that's something. You know, just just calling attention to clear, obvious logic in this COVID scam now gets you canceled, thrown off Spotify, Absolutely. thrown off Twitter. I mean, you couldn't even, you could tweet the CDC's own stats and people will call you a conspiracy theorist. Yep. Uh, because people are like, Goose in a hailstorm, uh, trying to figure out what's going on with this thing. Well, and, and um, Joe Biden, you know, when he first got in office, he wanted to have this ministry of truth. Oh. Of course, it didn't last very long. But you know what that means? Whatever we say, you must parrot. And if you don't say it, then it's a lie. Sounded like it came right out of Soviet Russia. Soviet Russia, uh, Nazi Germany, fascist Italy. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, you know, we're going to make, we're going to keep you safe from false narrative. It's not the government's responsibility to keep us safe. But here's what they want to say. Well, give us your guns and uh, the police will protect you. That is unbelievable. Um, first of all, if they're going to break in, they're going to, um, they're going to get you before they get, yeah. you know, before you get uh, to the telephone. Yeah. And um, all the damage is done and they're gone. But that's the government's mindset. I heard liberal politicians are constantly saying, you know, it's my job to keep you safe. Whitmer, mm-hmm. Bill de Blasio, mm-hmm. all these people. It's my job to keep you safe. No, it's your job to protect and defend and stand for the Constitution. That's what it is, <clears throat> which gives us life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness. Well, I ain't been happy since I've been seeing what's going on because the country is run by a bunch of people who are insane from Joe Biden right on down. They're Man. all a bunch of devils. All the all the Democrats, they're demonic. And then these people, <laughs> the Republicans, half of Republicans, they're they right as well, you know, but they, they just get to Washington and it's like they have this, they, they see the light. Well, they what they've done is stab their constituents in the back. Yeah. And uh, just like you said, it's like we, we think it's government's job to protect us. Um, and that really feeds into this whole mess. That's why, well, it was government's job to tell us to close our businesses. It was government's job to give us all money uh, for some stimulus because, you know, it's just a big nanny state. And uh, uh, we're looking to government to be our savior. Uh, we got churches the same way. You're looking to government as our God. Um, and then, like, you, like you've said before, but a bunch of uh, communist mindseted people that— uh, you know, even in the church, you know, closing for snow, closing for uh, unbelievable, closing for COVID nineteen. Some of them are closed for for weeks um, because now it's the pastor's job to tell you if you're safe to leave your house. Uh, just like it's Joe Biden's job to tell us if we can get on an airplane without a mask. I I guarantee you this: 
I would say that all these preachers, I don't care what, what denomination they are, if they close their churches because of, you know, there's snow, as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're Democrat Christians is what they are. Exactly. I mean, okay, so the preacher, he, he's not ready for Sunday or for whatever reason. Somebody's going to show up to church. We've never closed church here. In, in all these 30-plus years, we've never closed church. So if it's snowing and I want I need to go get groceries, should I call you, Pastor, to tell me if I can leave my house to that, go get groceries? That That is where that mindset goes. And, and that is the same thing. We cancel church, and then we go down to Walmart Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's 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 crazy that, we, that I would think I need the pastor to tell me if it's safe to venture out to church. Uh, right. I, I've always said, if you don't think it's safe to come to church— then don't come. But why do we need to close the entire church? Because you don't think that it's safe for you to come. But as far as the, the churches are concerned, they're, they're just like the government. Yeah. Just like the government. Yeah. If I can't make it, that doesn't mean we close church. If I get sick and I'm in the hospital, brother, then you, you grab the pulpit, grab yourself a Bible, start preaching. If you can't be here, Find another guy to do it. Reminds me of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. <clears throat> His conversion, he, he's a, the prince of preachers lived 100 plus years ago. He said that he was under conviction. There was a terrible storm that came and he walked out in the snow. This is before there was cars. And he walked down to a church. It was closed. Walked to a second church. It was closed. Walked to three churches before he found the fourth one was open. He said there was only about four or five people there. The preacher didn't even make it there, but there was just a handful of people. And he, he said the preacher was preaching on look and live. And he said, I came in and sat in the back. It was a little bit late. And he said, young man, that young man that just came in and sitting in the back, you're here on purpose because God wanted you to hear this. And he said, if you'll look and live, you can be saved. Spurgeon says that he was saved that day. And I think that for that reason and many other reasons, you know, we need to, we need to be available every single Sunday and have these church doors open. If nobody showed up, we should still have them open. It was like um, you've said before, and uh, you know, if the church, if we don't, if if we don't have services, does that mean we don't have church? If if you're not there, does that mean we don't have church? I mean, you could be gone tomorrow, God forbid. But uh, what's going to happen to the church? We close it because you can't be here? I mean, this church will continue, and true Bible believers will continue to meet, whether this building's here, whether the pastor's here, whether I'm here. That's a very liberating thing to realize that God doesn't need me. Uh, the church doesn't need me. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of things around here. I, I play the piano. You preach. I make the bulletins. The church is going to go on with all that, without all that junk. Uh, it's still going to be... And that's what it is, too. A lot of it is just frills. Yeah. It's the icing on the cake. But the people ought to come to hear the preaching of the Word of God. That's first and foremost. Fellowship, singing, worship, praise, all those things. But as, as far as I'm concerned, over the last two years, and even still, we're hearing about COVID's going to spike again. And this this disease that's coming out of Boston you know, all putting everybody in fear again, you know, and then we're just going to be like dumb driven slaves of the state. When Nebuchadnezzar says, you don't bow, you're going to burn in the fiery furnace. Christians just stand in line, can't wait to bow and they don't want to burn. But the day is going to come. And this is what I've often said. They may close our church and the day will come 
but not without a fight. And I, we dead sure aren't going to give them the key. Uh, but a lot of folks, a lot of folks have asked me, so how's your congregation getting along since you closed? Closed? We're not closing, you know. That was disappointing that several of our members didn't come, but that's between them and God. Our job is to have the church open on Sunday. It's the Lord's Day, and uh, just preach the truth for whoever comes. So, yeah, um, that well, that little little t- rant that we just went on, that's a great example of why this is called the Canceled Preacher Podcast, because people don't want to hear that. And you say that same stuff from the pulpit, uh, you, and we've had people come in with their masks on. And you said the same thing, that things don't work, it's a lie out of hell, and uh, you'll be the first one to take the mark if you're going to fall in line with that. And uh, and in the past couple, it seems like since COVID, but people just, they don't want to hear it. Uh, they feel like getting the vax is loving your neighbor. And we've had people just up and walk out. And you start preaching on these things, and uh, as in a huff, they just up and walk out of the service. Yeah, Joe Biden said, if you get the vax, then you won't get COVID. What do you get COVID two or three times? And they didn't even test it for to see if it prevented transmission. Uh, right. Everybody gets the facts. Seems like they get they get COVID, uh, with or without it. But uh, you know, um, these these just first century church type you know type mindset. And you know we're not there. I mean we don't know what it likes what it's like to suffer under blood, as the Bible says. But it certainly is. It certainly goes a step beyond suffering unto COVID. Uh, you know, that's what we're, we've thrown our hands up and put the surrender flag up for that. But uh, let's just put this all in the perspective of the first century church. And, uh, well, let's just have Those church. Christians couldn't survive. <laughs> they could not have survived if they would be thrown back <clears throat> 2,000 years in the days of John the Baptist or the days of where the Romans were in control. But they were, they were, they were martyred for Christ. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, if it's the possibility of snow, <laughs> people aren't going to come. They've already and, decided. And church has got and church. There's no reason to come because church is closed. Uh, <laughs> safety is our top priority. Oh, it makes me sick. I see the. It's just. It's like it's copy and pasted for every church because safety is of the utmost importance. Safety is not of the utmost importance. Your spiritual well-being is the utmost Amen. importance. And for all these corporations that say safety is our top concern, they're only saying that because money is their top concern. Yep. And so if I say safety is a top concern and I put masks on my workers, I'll get more money because money is my top concern. And That's churches right. are the same way with this corporation mindset. And the church is nothing but a big, big box store business. Um, and uh, It's more than a business. It's the body of Christ. It, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's not a business. I mean, it, and it ought to be run better than a business. Like, I've heard you say that before. Absolutely. But it's certainly not a business. We're not trying to get customers in here, you know, and uh, we're, not, we're not interested in, in doing, like you said, a more user-friendly uh, experience. Uh, you know, <laughs> church is now changing the lighting in the church so people feel more welcome and more, you know. Well, Make it look like they're going to a rock concert. Exactly. Or a Broadway production. Yeah, um, and getting rid of, pews and putting in chairs chairs and putting in couches uh you oh, know teen it. centers got couches in them uh and uh, so they can snuggle up under the blankets oh and be t- touching and hugging one another Ugh. and then preachers will do nothing about it because they're afraid now i can hear the people that are listening that uh that would you know kind of buy into this and uh and they would say well what's wrong with that what's wrong with the you know uh 
uh, a couch in the teen center, you know, or what's wrong with, uh, you know, changing the lighting or having chairs instead of pews. Um, well, let me just, we'll, we'll end with this because those that are listening can see we're pretty passionate about what we believe and on so many different things. But Jesus said, wisdom is justified in her children, how things are going to turn out. Every, everything that we do leads to something else that we'll do after that. And um, that's where so many people say, well, what's wrong with, what's wrong with this? But it's where it's going. Yeah. And we can see in America what's wrong with it. Yeah. Man, I was raised in a church. There's nothing like it. Nothing now like it was when I was a kid. I was raised in a holiness church. Not today. It don't even look nothing holiness about it. And um, people say, what's wrong with it? When you start going down that road, you'll be saying that right to where the church becomes a synagogue of Satan. Because the devil, he what he does is he says, okay, let's just compromise. Let's meet in the middle. And somebody might say, well, I don't want to meet in the middle. Well, he says, okay, well, how about, how about I come almost to you? I'll meet you nine-tenths of the way. You just come a little bit. Once you do that, You've done set the precedent, and it's just a matter of time before the devil just moves back a little bit more and says, why don't we meet in the middle right here? And then it just spirals downhill And you've given that illustration in church many times when you're preaching. You'll have someone standing way on the other side of the the platform, and the, the devil will try to get them to take take you know meet will meet me halfway and a christian you know maybe won't won't go that far the first time right uh so it says well meet me three quarters of the way you know maybe christian says oh i'm not doing that either you know and you'll use situations like drinking i'm not gonna get drunk okay well at least go hang out with your friends at work and you know after work they're gonna drink but you're not going to that's right yeah i'm not doing that you know i'm not gonna take that and but as soon as he gets you to take the 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 least bit of compromise Right. Then he's already he's he'll just do that as many times as he needs to, and before you know it, you are you're all the way on the other side. That's right. Uh, and we can see that with churches today. Man, I mean the the music and the dress standards of the typical praise and worship team in a contemporary Christian church. The standards are are the dress standards are are, are more immodest than the saloon girls of the you know. Uh, I heard years ago Jay Vernon McGee say that. I heard him say that on a radio broadcast. He said that very thing where he said that the church has slipped and become so worldly that they are more worldly now than saloons were back in the 19... I don't remember if he gave a time, but probably back in the 1920s or 30s where the, where the, the, the girls that served, um, they dressed more modestly than a lot of women that come to churches today. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The church it seems like we're sadly we're we're determined to just stay a few steps behind the world. As the world sinks deeper and gets more vile and vulgar, the church is just right there behind it, trying always to stay relevant, trying always to be accepted, trying always to be, you know, not to appear too kooky. But if a church, you know, it doesn't doesn't rub the world the wrong way, then there's something wrong with that church. Uh, I love what Adrian Rogers says. Popular Christianity is not biblical, and biblical Christianity is not popular. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening in today. We hope that you'll tune in regularly and um, listen to these podcasts. They're going to be like this. They're going to be no spin, just the truth from the Word of God, not watered down, not And I'm going to take the opportunity to... 
because you say a lot of things, like I said, that, that may maybe catch people off guard when they come to church, but but it is, I, I think it's your duty as a preacher of God to say those things. And I think a lot of preachers that aren't saying and preaching like you do are shirking their responsibility, uh, to be honest. Um, and I admire your, your, your courage to preach your fear none but God, but uh, give me the opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, push you on those things because I know that... Uh, that you can back up what you say with the Word of God. Somebody said, a teacher will be her- heralded, but a preacher will be hounded. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. Because the message of the gospel has never been popular. Mm-hmm. They crucified Jesus, beheaded John the Baptist, sawed asunder some of the prophets. Jesus and said, if, if, if I'm in you, the world will hate you because they hated me first. That's right. Yeah. And there's a problem when the world feels so welcome. But not nowadays, you got churches. I was just reading uh, a church bulletin just the other day, um, Southern Baptist, where they're going to have a dance. Mm. You know? And people say, well, what's wrong well, with David that? David danced. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but here you got boys and girls, 15, 16 years old, you know, skin to skin. Ugh. You know, there's nothing biblical or spiritual about that at all. Hmm. Anyway, so that's where we're at. All right, so the canceled preacher. There he is. Well, and, it's uh, good. Hopefully you don't cancel us. <laughs> Listen in again. God bless. Have a wonderful day.